0: Hi everyone! Um, it is November nineteenth, twenty twenty-one, and I may confuse you a little bit. Uh, it is Friday today, and this is not a normal episode. Um, this is actually the second episode of this week, but there has happened some things in uh, my life that I would like to share. Um, on Wednesday night, a coworker of mine. Um, was killed in a traffic accident. And of course this is nothing that happens every day and it's a very special situation. Um, What I also need to say is that I do not speak for UT Health EMS nor for the UT Health Hospital System or Ardent who owns um, UT Health. I speak solely from myself and I will tell Um, things from my point of view because I have some questions in all this Um, I was not on the scene um, so this is how it started for me Um, I had just come home on Wednesday afternoon um, from a shift at work and I come home at 4 o'clock and I knew that it was about to be full moon here so if you're in healthcare or in EMS police fire, you know that full moon is, <clears throat> it's about to go down. It's not a good thing. Uh, those weekend, those days where there's full moon, it's, it's kind of special. I, I, we don't know why. It's just something with the world. On top of that, it's some kind of special eclipse moon, red moon, whatever they want to call it this time. And I'm not usually very superstitious, but good Lord, this round of full moon is beyond crazy. I get my dogs ready and we go to bed and it's about 6.50. And I put my phone on vibrate and you know, there's one kind of vibration on your phone when a message comes and there's one when somebody calls, right? Two different things and you can distinguish fairly easy if it's a message or or a a phone call but right after seven o'clock I've been in bed for about 15 minutes I thought my phone got seizures like it's at my nightstand and it's buzzing and it's not stopping and I'm like what the heck is wrong with you phone so I had to take it up and within 30 seconds, I kid you not, within 30 seconds, I had six messages on my phone. No wonder it got seizures. <coughs> Sorry, it's a little bit early. Uh, when I record this, I, I haven't talked enough. And in the first message I open is a link to a Facebook post. That Facebook post is um, telling me there is an accident in Hunt County, and for those of you who are not in the area, Hunt County is approximately an hour north west of us. Uh, the accident is between an eighteen wheeler and a UT Health EMS ambulance. My heart dropped. Continuing reading, one person is deceased. And one is still entrapped. I can figure out that it's not the 18-wheeler driver that is deceased. My question is now, did the ambulance have a patient? Um, Is it one of our guys, girls, that is gone? But something told me right away, it is one of ours. We've lost somebody, but who? So of course I go to Facebook and I share it. And I said, anyone knows anything, any information. At the same time, I call the Hunt County coordinator for CERT that I'm a member of. And I said, I need you to get on the scanner and get me every freaking information you can get about this call. And of course he listens and he can give me some information. And in this very same time, I hang up with, with Robert. um, And in the very same time, I get uh, other text messages from both coworkers and from law enforcement officers in Hunt County. And law enforcement just said, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm like, I don't even know who's dead, but thank you. But one coworker told me that it was truck 809. That doesn't tell me anything more than the truck is out of Tyler. The truck started at eight o'clock this morning, and they should go home at eight o'clock tonight. That is not going to happen. This is about 7:20-ish now. pm. <coughs> Sorry. But I can look in the schedule, and I see two names, Um, David Eads, and uh, uh, James, what is James' last name? He goes by another, um, James Malone is what he says on the schedule, that is not his call name, we call him something else. Nevertheless, um, I don't know either of these two personally. I looked them up on Facebook, and I recognize their faces. I have talked to them. I just didn't know their names, you know. So I don't have any personal relationship to either of these two guys. In some of the conversation with my coworkers over text messages and Snapchat and everything i didn't think my phone could blow up in the way it did i think my phone was in shock itself it it was insane and then considering that i did not know james let's go with james because that's the official name of him even not his nickname so we keep some privacy on him I did not know James or David. What I could figure out, though, without any information was that because of where they were, they were way out of our district. Usually when we are that far out, it is because it's a transfer with a psych patient. There is a a psych hospital uh, outside Greenville, and that was the area they were in. And um, they had taken a patient up there and were on their way back, which means that it was the medic driving. Um, In one of the information tabs I've been able to grasp was also that there was no patient on board. Uh, So I, I knew that. And I could see... I, I could figure out myself that the medic must be driving. It was what we call a BLS transfer. This is just assumptions that I make. I have no confirmation or proof of my thought process. But it would turn out that I was actually exactly correct. But how did an 18-wheeler end up on top of an ambulance? I find out through my contacts that the 18-wheeler has backed out. It is a dump truck, a gravel truck, has backed out from a private driveway without any visibility onto Highway 69, which is a two-way, two-lane way 2 highway. So it's one lane on each direction, I think, at the, that uh, area they're in. And the ambulance has not been able to see the truck coming out. But the truck is basically covering both north and southbound lanes. In one way, the ambulance is hitting head on right into the side of the trailer. The medic, David Deeds um, died instantly. James uh, was entrapped and had to be cut out. Robert uh, let me know that two helicopters had been dispatched. One had landed. The other one had been disregarded. Uh, he also could let me know that they had taken off, and they were headed to Tyler to our main hospital, uh, UT Health Tyler. Text messages, of course, are going left and right, and amazingly enough, friends that are working for our <laughs> UT health competition or Krista um, uh, EMS. It's all about who has a contract for different areas And Christus has for another area But they come through Because the hospitals are in our area So we see each other at the hospital quite often And Staff from Christus uh, Was down in Tyler dropping off Another patient When James landed From Granville And they texted, it it like became a group chat of all this, um, and they saw him being rolled in and they could tell me that he was alert, he was awake, he was quiet, but it didn't look as bad as you may have expected. At this point, I talked to a deputy that was out on the scene, um... And he asked me, will he survive? And I said, I don't know. The last information I got was that people who saw him being rolled into the ER said he was alert and he didn't look as bad as you would have expected. The deputy told me, when we came on scene, we did not expect anyone to be alive. That ambulance was underneath the truck. My heart dropped. I knew that David was gone. What also gave a little bit of ease for us uh, was that through another coworker who knew James, um, he had been able to text James and James had actually responded. And I got a screenshot of that conversation. That was how I got confirmed that David was had lost his life. But that little confirmation that James was actually able to write a text message to a friend meant so much to me. Because if you're super, super, super critical and you're under unresponsive, you, you can't text. But if you have the mind to be able to text somebody you know to ease their, their pain or whatever, their curiosity. Because at this point, everybody... In the company new. Everybody. No wonder, huh? You can just imagine. We are about 200, 250 employees. Just blowing up Facebook with I want to know. So information was shared all over the place. And of course media was all on this. And I must say media did a really good job of keeping the privacy of the involved. I, um, went into my office and I took a picture of the patch we have on our side. At first I looked to see if we could, I could find a logo of our patch, but I couldn't. So I took a picture of the patch and I went to Photoshop and I Photoshopped a, um, black line over our patch. I was almost shaking when I was doing it. My brain wasn't working, but I felt like I needed to update my pro- my own profile picture. Um, that was all I did. Just a black line over our patch that we wear on our shirts. Didn't think more about it, but I did it for myself. I didn't put David's name on it. I didn't put any information. It was just a patch on the line. Somebody saw it and it spread like wildfire. And I love that. It was ugly, but it was what I could do right there and then. Better than nothing. We all knew and we all felt. That kind of feeling is kind of an awkward feeling, especially when you don't know the person, right? You see them at the hospital and you talk to them and you're in the same family, but you don't know anything about them specifically. Yet at this point, you want to know everything as fast as possible. It is now around 11 p.m., and I was working again yesterday. I had to go to bed, try to get some sleep. But you know that feeling—you're tired, and something happens, and you're just instant awake. My brain was working two hundred miles an hour. I had so many questions. Questions I knew some of them I will never get answered, and some of them I I will when time comes. I think I got about an hour of sleep. And the alarm woke me up at one forty, as it always does. And it was a somber feeling. A feeling of awkwardness, I would say. Um, of course, I checked Facebook and social media. And here it's kind of an weird thing. I started to think about what can I do as honoring him? I want some kind of black ribbon or something. I'm not somebody who creates stuff. I'm not crafty, right? But in my kitchen, mom had an ornament hanging. It's actually a Christmas ornament. And that was hanging on a black ribbon. On one side was some Lettering of either who was making it or Merry Christmas or whatever it said, I don't know. But the other side was black, and that was a long ribbon, but it was black. And I saw it, and I'm like, if I cut off a couple of inches on that, fold it, I know where I have a safety pin. Boom, I had my ribbon. What's the likeliness of me just seeing that? It's hanging there. It's one of those things, you know. It's hanging there, you know it's there, but you never look at it, because it's just a part of the house. It's there. Like you don't dev- you rarely stop and look at a picture hanging. You know, it's there, you know how it looked like, but you never detail it, so to say. But I was so glad I saw it and I could cut off the piece and I made myself a little black ribbon that I had on my pocket. Yet at this time, UT Health had not come with a statement. Absolutely correct. Um, not sure about the family and notifications and stuff. I bet they had me notified by then. It is 2 o'clock in the morning. And I came to work. It was weird. It was awkward. It was one of those feelings, you know, you can wake up and... You don't want to go to work and Or you either want to go or you don't want to go This was one of those days where I'm like I don't know I don't know how to handle this situation I've never been in this situation And I hope that I damn never going to do it again I was working with a partner That is not my regular partner And he's also a supervisor, and I could figure it's been a rough night for him. For all of us. Um, But for him as a supervisor, I bet that people had called and texted him and blew up his phone even more than mine was blown up. (laughs) And I'm just a little one on the bottom of the totem pole, and my phone blew up. Good Lord. And he came... And I just looked at him and was like, Are you okay? He's like, Yeah. We're just gonna go through this together. Of course, he knew both of both David and James and as a supervisor. And I checked on. Even that was awkward. Cause I knew that the dispatcher that was sitting there now had gone through everything last night. It was the same crew. I didn't even want to say good morning because it's damn not a good morning. It's a morning, but it ain't good. And I said that. I don't want to say good morning, but I say morning. I hope you all are okay after the circumstances. We're here with you. I could hear The dispatcher fighting the tears. I felt for her. I really, really did. And I knew it was going to be a weird shift. Very weird. We just had to make the best out of it. The morning went on. And as daybreak came um u t healthy u Healthy m s came out with a very nice uh picture done and that's a picture we i have used as well for the cover of this episode and that was graphically correct and made i didn't have a good picture of the patch but they released his name and they also um released this statement i'm gonna read for you we are de- devastated by the loss of ut health east texas ems paramedic david eats david served others through his skills as a dedicated paramedic for over 24 years touching countless lives david joined the ut health east texas ems in december of 2020 as he served the tyler smith county area as a lead paramedic david was the kind of a medic who Had the perfect balance of competency and compassion, said Dr. Youngish Desai, UT Health East Texas EMS medical director. He was a medic who cared for the whole person, not just the immediate medical need. Recently, David could be seen working standby at high school football games where he posed for pictures with the players, fans, and mascots. David's commitment to his profession was profound as he always sought out more education to provide the best care for his patients. David was the kind of person that made you feel better simply by being around him, said John Smith, CEO of UT Health East Texas EMS. He had a way of making those around him better because of his huge heart for EMS and concern over his patients. This tragic loss felt across the entire organization. The unit designation 809 will be retired and removed from its service in its honor. It hurts. It is in times like this when you realize how important your work, family is. And it's kind of interesting to watch people you'd never knew are just your best friends right now. You talk about a work family, and being a first responder is weird. Weird in that sense We're all together Even though we don't know each other We all united The shift yesterday went on And I bumped into Our regional director At one point And I asked him how he was doing He had been out on the scene Though he didn't want to tell about the scene, of course not. I could see how much he was fighting to keep the tears back. It was hard. I understood already on the call that I got from DP- from my DPS folks that the scene was bad. Very, very bad. David was taken to Dallas and in a couple of days or today, tomorrow, the upcoming days, a um, procession is going to be held getting his body back to Tyler. I hope that I will be able to join it. I'm off this weekend, but (laughs) as you may understand, everybody right now wants to help out in one way or the other. So I don't know if I get picked to help out or not. We are rallying around everybody. James was taken to UT Maine. Officials said it was in stable condition. And that's all we knew. Critical but stable condition. That can be anything. For goodness sake. Critical but stable condition. That can be, hey, we have a skull fracture, but it's okay, or it can be a broken bone with a lot of blood loss. And you... It can also be um, he's on a vent, but he's stable right now. Like, what end of this spectra are we on? Nobody could tell us. More than, he is quote-unquote okay. I was not really satisfied with that. But then in the middle of the day... He was able to um, write on Facebook, and this came simply directly from him. I quote: "So here's my update. I have a temporal skull fracture, and I have a small subdural bleed at one millimeter. They wanting me to keep. They want me to keep be here for another night for observation. Not just." He has a skull fracture, but what was relieving was that it was a word written by himself from his Facebook profile. And we were able to answer him and give him our love and support. It was good to hear his own words. We are now rallying around both families, trying to help them as much as we can. David leaves behind a big family, wife and kids. And the wife is also employed by UT Health, not the EMS, but at one of our hospitals. So of course, we come together as a UT family and Whatever we can do to help, we're gonna do it. It's not a matter of why or how or anything. It's just gonna happen. Whatever they need, if it's food, if it's talk, if it's a ride, whatever, we're gonna be there. And as I said, they're going to be a procession going from Dallas to Tyler and um either today, tomorrow or Sunday. And um Hopefully I can be a part of it We'll see We'll we'll see Never did I think I would Be experiencing a situation Like this And please don't let me go through it again But I do want to thank Everyone who knew That I was an employee and was worried That I was in the In the accident Um, A lot of People who um, just heard it on the news and and uh, texted me and asked me, "Are you okay?" And yes, I am okay. I'm fine. Um, the support that has come out from every corner of the world has been amazing. Truly, truly amazing. Thank you all so much. We're going to get through this. And it made me happy. Ironically, I asked my partner yesterday. um, It was about seven o'clock in the morning. I was like, why don't we retire the number 809? I don't want to hear that on the radio anymore. And he's like, I don't think they're going to do that. I was like, I think they are. About an hour later, um, somebody else brought up the question on one of our employee forums, groups on Facebook. And. Um, he had texted our CEO And got the confirmation that that was already in the making Haha ha. I was right um, I Most officially <clears throat> as well thank Our CEO John Smith I don't think you will hear this But John, if you do, thank you for all you do. Not just in this situation, but good Lord, you're amazing. You are there for us 24-7. And what you're doing for both of these families right now and for us as employees is amazing. Thank you, John. Thank you. And for everyone at our headquarters in Tyler, working behind the scenes, I know there are multiple people involved in all this. Um, I'm not going to mention any names because I don't really know, but everybody at our headquarters is involved in one way or the other. I know that for sure. Thank you. Thank you for all your hard work. Not just now, but in every day. Um, You put down so much effort and so much energy and you actually don't get enough credit for it thank you to our dispatchers as well it's been a rough couple of days for all of us and dispatch has really 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 worked hard to to keep us all somewhat positive (laughs) it's it's rough you know um, trying to keep it all together. And many of us, I think not just me, but I, I know from conversations online, realize that we are two, three hundred employees. I work in Henderson County, so I don't work in Smith County. We see each other. At the hospital, we don't know each other's names, but we say hi to each other because we wear the same uniform, right? We work for the same company, but we never talk to each other. I don't know anything about them. They don't know much about me. They probably know more about me than I know about them, but. And in an organization like this, We're, we're out on a scene, and it doesn't matter who we are. We work together. We have the same patch, the same badge, same uniform. We drive the same truck. We have the same boss. Now is when you realize how important that is. And for me as a first responder, I see death on a daily basis. But it's hard when I hit home like this, unexpected. You get grateful every day you come home. I was so grateful to be home yesterday in one piece, unharmed. I could hug my dogs. I could go to bed. David will never be able to do that. So what about the driver? What about the actual scene? What really happened? As far as I understand it. Okay. Um, I have been able to like get a bunch of different information. But this is how I understand it. An 18-wheeler is going northbound and realizes that he has missed his exit, or he's at least on the wrong way. He needs to turn around. He pulls into this private driveway. He's trying first to do a U-turn, but that doesn't work. So he try, goes into this private driveway and is going to back out to then go southbound. While backing out, the ambulance is coming, going southbound. And he's backing out right in front of them. Mm. Boom! They don't have a chance to stop. It's dark. And it's a dark dump truck. And apparently this dump truck did not have any reflective on the side of it. So they don't even see it. You know, if you see something from the side, you don't see the back lights. Barely. So the ambulance hit right T-boned, basically the trailer and the impact on the driver's side became harder than the passenger side because that part hit where the back tire was. Um, I haven't even seen pictures from the scene and I'm not sure I want to, (laughs) but this is how I got, got it explained to me what happened. Right here's what upsets me this driver has done something so stupid to back out on a highway in darkness why you're driving an 18-wheeler for goodness sake this driver got cited he got one citation For illegal backing. He killed another human being. He killed a first responder. And he severely injured another person. Also a first responder. He could go home to bed with a citation of $250. Because he backed out and killed somebody. Seriously? Seriously? I don't think I have to voice my personal opinion about this. I I really don't. I have totally different opinion about this. How about manslaughter? Involuntary manslaughter. Seriously, because you could figure out that if you're backing out on a highly trafficked Highway 69... In darkness with limited visibility, some shit is going to happen. There must have been other options. Yes, this man will live with a life on his mind for the rest of his life. I know. But think about James, he was awake. They had to extricate him. He knew that his partner was dead. He's gonna live with those memory, that's mental thing for the rest of his life. How can it be that he only got a ticket Unlawful backing. Again, I'm talking for myself. I'm not talking for any company or anything. But I hope that UT Health EMS or UT Health or Ardent or whoever helps the families to sue the crap out of the driver and the company that he was driving for. But no money in this world can make up. For the loss of David Eats And the injuries of James. There is a family missing. Their father, husband, grandpa. Right before Thanksgiving and the holidays. The driver is home with a $250 ticket. I don't think it's fair. I really don't. There would be a little bit more consequences if I was the deputy on scene, that's for sure. So you should be glad for that. It's rough right now. As you probably have understood if you have listened to this entire episode we're gonna get through it absolutely we're gonna honor david in all the way we can rest in peace brother we got it from here you have listened to an episode of the Swexon podcast. Feel free to leave your feedback on our website, Swexon.net. And don't forget to like our Facebook and Instagram accounts. You find them with the handle Swexon podcast. Thanks for listening. And until next time, stay safe.